Welcome back, everyone, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always, Mr. Andy Molitor. How's it going, Andy? How was your Monday or Tuesday? I guess it's Wednesday. I'm still confused. Yeah, good. I played all. I didn't have any. Actually, I did have some baseball. Somebody I, I follow on baseball. I bet a couple baseball games. I think I won a little money there. I won a little money on tennis because you're underdogs and. It's like Coco let us down, but everything else seemed to work out all right. Uh, you had some outrights on this tournament, too. I don't know. Did you give them out on the show, or was that just a Twitter thing? Just a Twitter thing. It was a little bit late. We had Mahova. She got knocked out in the first round, but had Bedosa 33-1, to 1, and Pagula, I think it better than 50, I ended up getting on her, or just right around 50. So those two are, are, are looking okay. I mean, Pagula's going to end up having to play Andriescu probably in the quarterfinals. That'll be tough, but... Bedosa's playing some great tennis. She won her first round match playing very well right now. We'll see if she can get past Sabalenka. So two out of three still alive. Yeah, I played those. And I encourage you, if you like outrights, follow Alex because he does put outrights up for pretty much every single tennis tournament that uh, happens on the women's side. Sometimes they even work. I think you hit like two in a row uh, earlier in the spring. They're both pretty big numbers. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm cheer- cheering on a couple of those. I actually put some quarter prices on those too. Uh, golf this week. We got a bunch of football coming. Like all of a sudden, football is just hitting me in the face with these <laughs> Thursday games. Like shit, there's a bunch of football tomorrow. But <clears throat> golf rolls on. I did the. I played the course last night. Shot a 57. I talked a little about prize picks on there. I talked a little here. This is my first foray into it. And God, I, I guess I just kind of I left it up there. How much I I, I got my free hundred dollars, so I just put a hundred dollars on it. Cause it's free. It's yeah. I, I, can do, I can do whatever I want. Like if, I, if I'm not good at this, I'll, I'll probably still post these tickets and you can just see what I bet. I don't care. It's, it's fun DFS for me, but if I'm bad at this, those are going to be $20 entries, maybe $10 entries. It's like, and Andy's not any good at these uh, price picks. I might have to lower that, but to start out with uh, the Wyndham championship, my first prize pick entries ever. And again, like I mentioned, you can get your, $100 instant deposit match, like I did, up to $100 when you use the promo code BBB. I just ran some simple modeling on the stuff I already do to try to figure out birdies are better. That was the, uh, I didn't, I wasn't comfortable with the fantasy point thing yet because I hadn't dug mm-hmm. into that, but I did a couple birdies are better props with Jason Kokrak and Kevin Kisner. I did an over and an under, and this is again only for day one this is a single round play so i'll know how this turns out by the time these two men finish their rounds or in the case of math if one of them can't get to their prop by getting too many birdies or not having enough holes left to get to the other prop so one is an over with mr kokrak and mr kisner's under four and a half both four and a half birdies or better so a hole in one an eagle an albatross the rare um Oh man, I'm gonna have to think of the name for the hole in one on a par five. I don't think it's super feasible here, but a double albatross. There's there's a word Something for it. Like Either way, yes, we encourage you to go over there's there. Some and other try bird that I'm sure is involved. And I think I'll, I'll start getting wilder with these too, because it doesn't have to be just two golfers. I can do a golfer and a football player from tomorrow. A condor. A condor. There you go. Thank you for that. So. Check that out. I'll have, um, if I do any more of these throughout the week, obviously I'll post them on Twitter. I'll post them and we'll talk about them in here. And I will have a golf blog out later. I have some more golf to talk about later in the show. But let's spin back, like I said, to football. 
And this one I'm not going to spend a ton of time it's on. Wednesday. It is win total Wednesday. And look, a new graphic. I told Dan not to show me earlier. I wouldn't be surprised. Win, yeah, the new logo, the new look, and yeah, the Lions, man. I talked myself into this hard the other day talking to Drew. I thought, and <clears throat> I like it when Drew and I disagree because it, it leads to a healthy discussion, good discourse, and he didn't talk me out. I, I talked him more into my side. He was a little hopeful for the Lions, and then we got to talking, and we looked over this and that, and he was he was less hopeful, a lot less hopeful. So, yeah, and I will blame Drew if they do go over for five and a half for not talking me out of it, but there are places that have a heavily juiced under 5.5. I'm fine you know, finding a five, playing an alternate, playing an exact win total. You can get like Lions to finish with one win for 10 to one or something like that. Those are kind of fun too. But yeah, just based on the roster, based on Goff, what he has to play for, how he has to play without McVay in his ear, the roster they have to put together, the receiving core that's completely obliterated and replaced with a bunch of unknown, not unknowns, but kind of unknown quantities and how they'll play in this offense. The defense is going to stink. They need a lot out of some young players to make anything work back there. And the coaching staff might just be aft. Anthony Lynn, bit of a wild card, could be a good OC. Bad coach, good OC. One of those guys that, you know, uh, what do they say in baseball? He's a quad A guy. Where he's yeah. too good for AAA, not good enough for the majors. That's why you see that some of these guys. It's like, man, like I believe Leslie Frazier is a great coordinator just not a good head coach. Like there are guys right. who fall into that bucket and uh, yeah, Leslie Frazier's awesome. He just he didn't have a good stint at head coach. A few guys like that. So Anthony Lynn might fall into that. We might be surprised a little, but even if he is a better than, you know, better than average coordinator, I'm not super excited about the roster he has to work with. It is a solid rebuild and I'm happy about how they are rebuilding. So lions under five, five and a half and we'll have another one next week. Huh? Did you look at any alts there? I mean, do you have any idea what the price for under four is? I mean, this is a team you started talking about it on golf. I haven't had a chance yet to finish that deep dive. So I'm holding off till I hear what you guys have to say. But I mean, usually teams that are this bad at a rebuild, you're talking about like a two, three win team. Did, did you think about four or anything like that at all? Yeah, I'm trying to stick to the, you know, the main prices for these, but yeah. I would play an alt. I'd play it under four and a half. Again, if the Eagles end up good, if the Eagles end up getting Watson, it's like they won't be favored in a single game all year. And you will win coin flip. You know, anything less than a field goal does turn into a coin flip, really. But right. you'll win a couple games by accident. Even the Jets did that last year. But to be fair, the Lions are a team that has had an – what's the opposite of undefeated? Unfeated? Defeated. Uh, defeated season? No one yeah, has ever gone 0-17, though. Somebody – Somebody will have a winless 0-17 season someday, I suppose. So that'll be that'll be something to shoot for there, uh, Mr. They have uh, goals. Yeah. No wins, but a lot of kneecaps bitten. So Lions under five, <laughs> under five and a half. I played that this morning. And, yeah, I'll be back next Wednesday with another one. I can dig it. I like that one. I'll be joining you. Speaking of my fat-ass accounts because of the tennis, you've got a bunch today, too. And also, you... <laughs> One of these I played independently before you posted, so I feel good about it. Well, well, I'm curious to see. You'll have to tell me which one that is when I get there. It's good to know that you've you've kind of stuck your foot into the tennis waters a little bit. I know you used to do some ATP stuff, but if you're betting women's tennis now, it could be out of hand. But, yeah, good start to the week for tennis here. 
We got a bunch here. I, these should all be today. That is the sound of me knocking on wood because it might rain today. And if it rains, that'll kind of mess this all up. But there are no matches scheduled for tomorrow. Today's a catch-up day. They'll try to get everybody through the second round. Uh, Samson Nova, who won for us as a big underdog yesterday, is back here against uh, Sarasora Vistormo. Match is very closely lined. I think should be very entertaining. Tormo is someone that has really broken out this year, especially on hard courts. She's someone I used to fade quite a bit on that surface. And honestly, you know, if I looked at the price that we have today, even a year ago, would love to back Samson over here. But will be a competitive match. I think this will be a fun one to watch. Two pretty strong servers. I was able to get to over 21 here, seeing some cheap 21 and a half. You know, 21 and a half at less than standard juice is okay. But don't be afraid to play over 21 at minus 120 or even minus 125. That half game is very important there. Um, another total here, Anna Samova playing against Dodan. Anna Samova, the young American, um, really struggled after the passing of her father and some injuries over the last year and a half. Is finally starting to play some better tennis. This should be a great match against Dodan, who qualified the young French woman, a very strong server. This has moved to 21, which is fine. 21 minus 10 is okay. 20 and a half, again, minus 120 is all right. Minus 125 is probably still okay. That half game is actually a little less valuable to me. And then Nadia Podoroska here at plus 150. Um, she is an underdog against Camilla Georgie. Georgie's a very good player. And if you're not familiar with tennis or tennis betting, there's the concept of redlining, Andy. And do you want to maybe explain to, to the people what redlining is or what you understand it to be? Yeah, Georgie's serve is really good right now. And the game is kind of following. And she can play very – I mean, she's been – did she make a semifinal of a slam or was it just a quarter? She's made a couple – actually, yeah. she's made a couple decent second-week runs, a couple slams. She can play well, but she can also flame out. Georgie is a, a bit of hit hit and miss for me sometimes. So, um, yeah, I she is redlining right now. And redlining either ends up with – God, who is our girl that won the last slam there and then ended up winning like the Krejcikova won the tournament before that, said she's redlining, won the slam. Every red line either ends in a flame out or you just win all the tournaments and then take a break. Uh, Medvedev did this a couple of years ago. So I, I right. tend to lean towards the, the red lining usually doesn't last as long in the women's side. And yeah, is that what you're after here with uh, Podoroska? More or less. I mean, I like Podoroska anyway in this match, but especially in an opposition. Georgie is the kind of player that it's hard to make odds for because you look at her performances, things you're like, all right, minus 180 or so, but you have to look at the consistency of it. I don't think she should ever be this big of a favorite, especially against a solid player like Podoroska. This match could be really fun. It could be really bad, but I think it should be much more closely lined than this. So we'll take Podoroska plus 150. Jesse Pagula uh, is someone that we are going to be betting a lot on hardcore season, especially if they keep giving me her as a dog. She's plus 110 against Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova, who finished second in the affirmation French Open. A very good player, but doesn't do as well on hardcourts. I think it's she gets credit for in the market. She hasn't had great performances there. And I have Pagula as a favorite in this match. I mean, she is one of the better hardcore players based on you look at this year, last year. Um, the surface change has been really key for her. And now we have a big underdog. Miss Arena Sabalenka is playing her first match. I know it's the second round here, but Sloane Stevens has been playing much better tennis over the last few months. I think that the pricing has been a little slow to catch up with her. And again, Sabalenka is a great tennis player, but when she loses tournaments, it generally happens in her first match. She either starts very well and kind of rips through the week or can struggle in those matches. So with that in mind, with Stevens playing a lot better, my number is much closer than the plus 360 you can get. And then the plus one and a half sets of plus 125. I actually like that better. The game handicaps five, which of course you have a chance of covering if she loses in two, but 
as I look at this match, there's a lot more scenarios where Stevens takes a set, but Sabalenka can still cover that minus five number, or even if it is two sets, either Stevens wins or gets blown out here. So I think she can steal a set. I think she can win the match. I have the money line myself down here, like plus 250. So plus 360 looks solid. And the plus one and a half sets, I'd probably have closer to minus 110. So some value there. And then finally, we're going back to the well. Um, Sevastopol kind of let us down. Coco Goff won. She did what she do. Now they hung yeah. 20. And again, I have this at 21, almost 21 and a half. Potapova is a qualifier. She's playing very good tennis. I think this match, again, is going to be very close. And we're going back to the over two and a half sets here, Andy. I look at this. I see a lot, a lot of chance, a great chance of us getting a three-set match. I would have this down around plus 145, plus 150 for the two and a half sets. So plus 180 would play that down to like plus 170, maybe even plus 165. And then over 20, again, I have this at 21. I could even justify hanging on a 21 and a half, given how often I think this match goes three. So some nice numbers here again. And, you know, we'll keep taking swings and, Maybe Coco blows her out again, but I don't think so. Yeah, that, that plus 180 I played before you posted. Because you first, you just posted the golf over, which when it first popped at 20. And that, there are some 20 and a halfs now that is getting steamed up. But I saw plus 180. I'm like, God, it's not a 20 and a half. It's not a 21. But I'm still going to take a plus 180. So I got on that before you did, probably. There's there's like a decent chance you decent chance you're tailing me on that one. Who knows? But yeah, the <laughs> other another book had like plus one fifty eight or something silly, and I looked. I'm like one eighty. We can play that. Um, boy, do I not want to go through every little detail of all these? But I played more round one golf bets than I usually do. I joked I with say. somebody about this tournament being a shit list. tournament. With motivation is absolutely unquantifiable. You can't, you know, you can't say this guy's motivation is 3x this guy's. You can't make comparisons there. You really don't know. I joked that we shouldn't play anything in this tournament outside of daily matchups after round one. Figure out who gives a shit, who's who's just there, and who's trying, and who's actually going to play well, and just play that. But, you know, obviously I did play some outright, so we'll play some full tournament matchups. I'm not I'm not going to just back down. I played prize pick stuff. I'm, I'm getting all in on the Wyndham so far, but yeah, just some of the guys on here and I'll list them off for anyone listening on the podcast, all slight favorites to slight dogs. I played Norlander over Sepp Strzok at minus 20 Kizire over Rory Sabatini. Who again, I, I love that. It's one of my favorite games in golf playing some, up against some shitty people here. So Kazire over Sabatini, Dufter over Matt Jones, minus 117. This is a, a favorite fate of me that for this week is Mr. Van Ruyen. Evan Van Ruyen won last week. He was a uh, a maiden winner at the, the the CUDA, the Stableford scoring, if you paid attention. Ryan Armour, one of my outrights over him at minus 110. That's maybe my favorite play tomorrow. Moore over Thompson, 108. Uh, Say Seamus, or as they say, really Seamus, power over Matt Kuchar, <laughs> minus 120, and then another That's outright. Good. Charles Schwartzel over Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah, Rob Rory Sabatini did win the silver medal. Uh, somehow, don't sleep on Rory. Yeah, don't sleep on Rory, but uh, Schwartzel over Fleetwood, minus 120. So, seven round one plays. I probably won't be adding any more. But I definitely will be adding some full tournament plays and a few other props. I'll get those all out in a blog today, later on BetSports, and I'll even tweet about it if you want to take a look at that and get involved in the tournament with me, which leads us to our win bet prop for the week. Alex. I was curious. I didn't ask you before the show about this. There was one that kind of caught my eye, but I'm curious to see what you think first. I, I had one that caught my eye. I'd like, to, I'd like to hear yours first then. All right. Ezekiel Elliott. 
at 15 to one. I think that team's going to be very good. I know that teams really key on him, um, but he's great. That offensive line is healthy until it's not. And even then, he's just going to get the opportunity. We know how the Cowboys love to run it in. Um, Mike Clay over on ESPN does that opportunity touchdown numbers every week. And Ezekiel Elliott led that basically all season last year, even in a down season for the Cowboys. They've got Dak back. The offense should be really dynamic. So I think he's going to have a big season. And 15 to 1 seems like a little value. I think he should be, again, top three to five here, you know, kind of in that single digit group as opposed to where he is. Yeah, he's the second best running back on his team, but it doesn't matter because the team doesn't know that, and they will use him a lot. Not only that, but they use him in the passing game, and it it should be a good offense, a better offense. That number is probably a little big. Um, I will say in my research, like, yeah, that's maybe as far as I would go. Like, don't go – this is a, this is a chalky – you know, yeah. I, it's not an award. It is a, a you know, a, a – a height you reach, you know, a, a statistic, le- you know, a leading statistic person. And there is a little bit of variance to this. So maybe, you know, some of these people down in the 10 to 15 to one aren't a bad idea, but the last four years, your leaders for touchdowns, Gurley and Ingram, Gurley and Kamara. These are just one, two, one, two, three tied for first Henry and Aaron Jones with Christian McCaffrey, second, third, technically. And then Henry and cook last year. I mean, it is super chalky. The big names, these superstar running backs that are going to get a lot of carries are going to lead it. I, I, I'm fine fading Derrick Henry now with Art Smith gone. Maybe that offense takes a step back and he just, it's not like any of these won by like five, six touchdowns. It always, it is always fairly close. So I like the Elliott look. I landed on uh, technically second favorite there tied with a few people, Nick Chubb at eight to one. He's, I think, probably a little lower down the list. Like he should be a five or six to one. He's up there with Delvin Cook and Derrick Henry as far as skill. It's the opportunity thing that I probably think is scaring people away, being in that timeshare with right. Kareem Hunt. He did score tw- a lot of these touchdown props, about 14, 15, 16. That's going to win this. Nick Chubb had 12 and 12 games last year with a pretty much down-the-middle 50-50 split on carries, if you look at him and Kareem for the uh, entire year. So another offense I'm expecting to be really good, and he just got paid. That's what you do with a running back after you pay him. You work him into the ground and then worry about finding your next one in a couple years. So hopefully Chubb gets a lot of carries. So, yeah, I mean, we're both – Obviously, all these offenses outside of who knows what the Vikings will actually roll out there with. But a lot of these players are on really good offensive um, offensive teams. So Cam Newton, somebody says, back down the field, Cam goal line. Cam goal line Murray had one. the most rushing touchdowns of a quarterback last year. He was at 11. The only thing I'll say about Henry is that's a market. I mean, you look at Henry, man, it's just he got beat up. 300 carries in 2019, 378 carries last year. I don't know if I'd be wanting to bet a favorite with that much mileage on him at this point. That just seems like you're right for an injury or two there. But I like your look with Chubb. I think you're, you're right. You're getting some value because people hear about Kareem Hunt, but Chubb's the goal line back there. I mean, he's the yeah. guy that gets the ball in yeah, that close. He, he's 35 pounds bigger. If he get if he get you know a goal line carrier too, it's definitely going to be Chubb. And the same thing with Zeke. Like they they'll feed him down at the goal line. He'll get plenty of carries even with Pollard in the mix. So. Definitely look for usage, guys. Talk to your fantasy friends. People who are really into fantasy DFS or any of that projecting. If you want uh, some help on things like that, that's what I did this morning. I talked to a couple people. So thanks to them. Thanks to WinBet for putting up these props. We'll get into more of these probably next week. I think uh, 
tomorrow and Friday, we'll actually talk about some of the games that are happening because we have multiple preseason games Thursday and Friday football happening. Have you seen that before we go? Is there legitimately um, first touchdown scorer props for nationally televised preseason games? I don't want to get people excited. I don't think there would be. That that seems like a mess. That seems like an absolute mess to try to bet the field. Well, you know, we did. We well, gave no, that's it out. That's what I'm um, saying. Just bet the field every time, and like you know, maybe the first three, did. the first three possessions are just you know bust. They put in some backups, and then you get like some fourth string running back running it in. I would not hang props for that if I was a book. Oof. Well, then it was good. You or make the field like three to one. That was the win bet special last week. They had a, a line for uh, the Hall of Fame game. I don't know if they've done it for any others. And Matt and I gave out the field around eight to one, which ended up hitting Kalen Bellage scored the first touchdown. Bellage. So yeah, I'll poke around and look for that. Um, you know, win bet did it. They weren't taking too much money, but it was fun in the Hall of Fame game. I don't know if they're doing it for any others, but we'll see. Yeah. Maybe some of the nationally televised games. So, all right. Well, I'll see you guys tonight on deep dive. We'll be doing some uh, Packers and Vikings until tomorrow. Alex and I will be back. See you.